welcome everybody out there to episode 57 on Divorce Devil. We have Marianne back on the podcast. She was here quite a while ago on Divorce Devil, but recently on Raising Canes, and I forgave her for that. So today we're going to talk about the dynamics of your identity married versus after your divorce. So how did you get into identity theory? Um, I think, um, and thank you for having me today. Yeah, I, I, I forgive you. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, I think because I, I, I was born and raised in Sweden, and I moved to America when I was twenty. I got married when I was twenty, and when I got married, I was no longer Marianne Mellring, my maiden name. I became Marianne Rothman. Then I lived here for a while, and then I became Mrs. Rothman. And in the military, I then became CW five Mrs. CW5, David Rothman. So I got totally lost. Then I was in the military in officer's wife's coffee, and they were talking about who's your husband, what does he do, what rank is he, and we were never talking about ourselves. So I didn't think much of it then, but now I'm thinking I just, I just got lost. I was no longer me. So what kind of advice would you give to military wives that are going through that? To to make an effort and be themselves to to not be a not be part of their husband's rank uh to 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 really think about who you are and who you want mm-hmm. to be in the situation of being in the military. That makes sense. So do the military thing, but also keep your identity separate from that. Yeah. So there's th- there's almost two identities. Yes. There's there's a military wife identity, and then there's an in- individual identity, yeah. which you want to keep. Yeah. And and being in the military, that's like a subculture. Military is like a subculture. It's like you're living in a bubble. Mm-hmm. So you're not really aware of kind of what's... For, this is just... I can only speak for myself. But it's like you're not really aware of what goes on on the outside, of mm-hmm. that bubble. You live on post, uh, you're part of the military hospital, you're part of everything. Everything you do is in the military. Everything's in house. Yeah. So I think I just, I wasn't, I mean, I haven't really planned on how on getting into identity. I think just from personal experience, it's just something that I was wondering about. And I was wondering about the dynamic in American culture, whether it's race, gender, uh, status, class, how, and I was always very curious about it. So when I started the university, I just gravitated I, to it. All my papers were self identity, social identity, cultural identity, and national identity. Who are we? Who are we allowed to be? So let's talk about being okay. We talked about the military being married. So let's, you probably have to extrapolate people that are married. You're single, husband and wife come together, you have a joint identity, even though you have a separate identity, but most of your identity is tied to your husband or wife. Non-military. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's say the marriage doesn't work out, you get divorced. Um, I see it as when you separate, you're so tied to that person, you don't know what your identity is. You know, it's almost like you're lost. You're absolutely right. Yeah. 
So how would you tell those people how to gain that identity back? What's the, what's some of the steps you can do to get it back? Um, for me, it's a long process. It's a long process where you, it's, it's, I mean, for me it was change, challenge and growth. And it's not always easy. You fall and you get up and you fall and you get up and you just everything. And I also think everything that you went through, like I find myself sometimes having a little bit of panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Like I'm visiting now here in Colorado Springs and I see Outback and then it's like I see Outback and then I go, oh, we went there a lot for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then it just snowballs. And it triggers, yeah. And it just triggers. And it's like, okay, we went there and then I'm back at, then I'm back in the past. And I really have to tell myself, time out. But it happens less and less over time, but it still happens. It happens less and less, yeah. but it, it's, I think you deal with it and you have to, um, you have to be aware of it is what, what I think. You have to always be aware of it and, then if it makes you sad, cry and, and just kind of, okay, and tell yourself, okay, that was then, this is now. And I am, everything that happens, I'm grateful for it. I'm thankful for it because, again, you you learn and you move on. Yeah. I was talking with Rachel last podcast. We were talking about being intentional with your healing and with your life. And we were saying how um, at the beginning of your healing process, you know, you're devastated most of the time, and you do two steps forward, four steps back. And that, and you, even though you're intentional trying to heal, sometimes you don't, you don't realize those two steps forward are more important than the four steps back. Absolutely. So you, so you sit back and you wallow in the four steps Mm -hmm. instead of enjoying or or taking a positive attitude with the two steps because yeah. any, any step for positive is, is, is good. So what kind of steps? So you talked about the three things. Um, what were they? The three things with, with, with identity. Uh, who are you? Who are you allowed to be and how you fit in? Okay. So would you say getting your identity back is part of healing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cause once okay. you, once you kind of find yourself and what, what you are good at, what what you are all about. So when I talk about who are you, who are you allowed to be, and how do you fit in, I mean, that entails, and that's not just divorce, that's everything in life, um, as I'm working mostly with uh, uh, refugees. But with those three things, I talk about where do you come from, where are you now, and where do you want to be in the future? So if you understand where you come from, why you do the things you do, mm-hmm. And how you uh, put those in in the part where you are today. If you put those two together, then I believe you can be very productive in the future. So we have to know where we've been to figure out where we're going. Yeah. Where where did I go wrong? Where did I go right? Uh, when I was married, I wasn't. <laughs> good thing you're sitting down. <laughs> I was not perfect. What? What? <laughs> That's what I said. I was not, and, and when, but when I was married, I thought I was perfect. So he was doing everything wrong mm-hmm. and I was doing everything right. And he was probably thinking the same thing looking back. Mm-hmm. I can only assume on his part, but I will take my, I'll take my fault. When you realize that mm, maybe I shouldn't have done that, 
and you know your pride you think you know you have your pride mm-hmm. but you're thinking okay well, that's probably not a good thing to do because it didn't work out but you're probably growing from inside once once you have that epiphany that maybe i was wrong mm-hmm. maybe everything i did wasn't right maybe i wasn't perfect mm-hmm. maybe that helps you in your future interpersonal relationships not just not just love relationships but just relationships with family Absolutely. with with friends and everything else yeah i think it just does something to yourself when you when you admit that certain things you do is not always the best and then you try to be better So how can we take the identity from where we were married into the phase of where I am single? Um, well, sometimes I think if I, if I think to myself, where would I be if I was still married? So it's almost like you make it worth it. Like I, the fact that I'm not married and I would be in a much worse place than I am now. Because it didn't work out. Yeah. And if I didn't divorce, I wouldn't be where I am today because I wouldn't have gone through the hardship, mm-hmm. the challenges, and I wouldn't have gone through those realizing, oh, this is what it feels like to... Um, Wake up and not arguing. It's just just simple just, things. Yeah, not yeah. just that. Uh, when I first moved to Sweden now, before I got... Um, um, uh, my papers and, and mm-hmm. re- regrouped into Sweden, I actually had to stay in a hotel. And so I felt really super lost. I felt like I had no home. Got you. So when you realize you don't have a home, then all of a sudden you realize what it's like to be homeless. So now when I see homeless people here in Colorado Springs, I have an enormous empathy for them. And so if I didn't go through all good things and bad things, I don't know what it is like. So you talk about not having a home. What other things affect identity besides not having a home? Not having friends, not having family. What's what's some other qualities or some I think realizing realizing when you're married, like I didn't appreciate what I had. Never I never had hardship when I was married. Yes, I argued with, with my husband, but I never had hardship. I never mm-hmm. never knew what it was like to not have food on the table. I didn't know what it's like to not have a home. I, I didn't know all those things. Didn't struggle. Struggle, yeah. yeah. I did not know it. And then I'm like, wow. And sometimes I think, wow, I should have really appreciated more. But then yet I'm very thankful that I'm But you going- didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know. And I'm thankful that I'm going through it because it's it's pushing me more. Mm-hmm. It's pushing me more to I started my own company. I I I am very focused on on succeeding and doing the things that I really want to do. I don't I like to have a clean house, but I don't really like to cook and clean. Yeah. I super like to interact with people and people who come from and what I do now in Sweden is cultural communication. So when people come to Sweden, mm-hmm. I try to help them and give them the advice they need, which were the advice that I needed when I came to America. To integrate. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to understand what it was like to be in the military and have all these um, 
Yeah, everything it entailed to be in the military. So maybe lack of integration is also part of a an identity crisis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you feel isolated. Yeah. But it's the same with divorce. You're divorced, and you, you know as well as me, when you're divorced, it's kind of like when you divorce, you kind of have to integrate into a non-married life, if you will. Yeah. Do you, do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a new reality. It's a new reality. Yeah. yeah. And what you... What I tell people is that you try to try to make the best of that new reality because it's going to be ugly at first. It's kind of tough, depending depending on your divorce. You know mm-hmm. how how crazy it was. Sometimes that new reality is tough to get used to because if if you're used to a nice house and a bunch of bedrooms and a stack up a washer and dryer, and now you in a hotel room, that's a whole different story. It's a whole different story, and then. And then what I noticed was that all of a sudden I was embarrassed a little bit to tell my friends. That You know, I have friends, you know, especially like friends here. Let's say all the friends that I had when I lived in Colorado Springs. Like, how do you tell them, well, I don't have a home? It's almost like failure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Failure. But I, I think when you get to the point where you accept that failure, mm-hmm. I think you can move forward. Yes. But if, but if you look at that failure as a, as a ball and chain, you can't, it's, it's very hard to move forward after that. But once, once I have my, my company, I start my company. I mean, obviously I have my own, I'm, I'm my own home. Then you feel stronger, much stronger than you did. It's almost like taking a step, yeah. you know, like a stairs, you know, yeah. each, each step is a part of the, you know, like uh, of the identity crisis. Yeah. You know, where you go from po- from negative to positive. You know, it's almost like getting out of a hole. Yeah. And you gradually, because sometimes the uh, the only way out is up. So. But when you do it, once, like I said, when you feel like failure, but then inside you're like, "Well, I'm going to show. I'm going to show people. I'm not a failure," and that gives you. It gives you such energy. Hope. And it gives you like, and once you do, it's like, well, I have, you know, I have my own company now. And then people go like, wow. It's like, wow, that's an accomplishment. What would you tell somebody who's in the throes of it and they're, and they're in that rock bottom? How would advice or what things would you tell them to, to make them think of the positive? Because there's people out there that are just hurting. They're in the rock bottom. and They're not, not seeing any way out. And we've all been there. Yeah. You, know, you know, a lot of us have been there. Um, well, for, I mean, again, and the way that I look at it, when you're at rock bottom, I don't ever see my, I, I'm such a fighter mm-hmm. in myself. So when I, I'm sitting in the hotel, I'm always thinking about, okay, I'm really sad and I'm crying, but I'm thinking, how do I get out of it? How do I get out of it? I'm not, I will never let myself stay at that position. No. And I'm not saying it's easy to take yourself out of it and you might be there for a while. But it's possible. But it's always possible because mm-hmm. it's always, you can always, in one way or another, you might have to, you Might I think when you are at rock bottom, I think that's when you realize I cannot be here. I mean, unless you do something drastic to yourself. If it's only, not a safe space. No. Yeah. No. That makes sense? Yep. Yeah. So I um um 
I think I think just thinking about I have these uh, workshops where I talk to people and I try to tell them think about where you come from mm-hmm. and where you're now and where you want to be. Think about why you are in that position. It's almost like once again intentional healing, trying to get to a spot. Yeah. So I talk about uh, people talk about you know going to divorce recovery classes and going to your classes and things like that. But the identity with that for me was being around like-minded people. Mm-hmm. So you can identify with them and, and, and see what they're going through. So when I first went to my first class, my divorce recovery class, I thought I was having the worst divorce ever. But man, I got humbled. Some of the stories I heard and some of the things people were going through, it was like, man, I had nothing to be ashamed of or nothing Nothing to even complain about because these guys were going through hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so identifying with like-minded people also helps you heal too. Yeah. And that's also like identity. When, when I divorced, um, I noticed then because, you know, like I'm, I think I've said this before, I've never felt discriminated against ever. But then all of a sudden I was divorced and some, one person actually told me that, I was not, he did not want to take advice from a divorced woman. Like what kind of advice? I don't know. I was telling, I don't know what I was saying. Uh, uh, He was the husband of my friend and and he said those words. And I was, that was the first time I felt like I was less, that I was less than anybody because I had failed. I had divorced, and now he's telling me in my face that I'm not taking advice from a divorced woman. But you didn't realize that that wasn't your problem. That was his problem. Absolutely. Not till later. Not yeah. till later. Yeah. No, no. But I, I did, I did tell him, don't ever tell me, don't ever say that to me again. I mean, I was Damn. strong enough to to say that at the at the time. But it's not just when it comes to divorce. Obviously, it's it's many other things yep. that people look down. So when I talk about identity, yes, I can say, you know. I'm sure of myself and I'm, you know, I know who I am. I know this, but I cannot control people who say, well, you're just a divorced woman, mm-hmm. for example, yeah. or you're just poor or you just, you're nothing because you don't have a place to live. I can't control those. That's why I speak of self-identity, social identity, cultural identity, and national identity because they all make up who I am. Who you are. And I have to understand all four. I have to understand how people think about me. To understand me. I got a problem with that. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why do you care what people think of you? I don't really care, but it is what it is. There's, there are norms and values okay. that we go by. All right. Uh, that, that I can take. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So people, it's not what people think. It's the norms and the values, exactly. values that shape you. Because in, in many places, if you don't have... Um, Money. Let's say you don't have money. And I know who I am. I'm very happy with with who I am. I like living in a small place and not have, you know, a million, million things. But some people might say, oh, she, she's, is she poor? And they are, according to norms and values and how stigmas and all this, mm-hmm. they are going to say, like, really? Like, you just buy your clothes at Target or, you know, Goodwill or whatever it is. They are going to put me in the box. So that's more, is that more of a status 
It is everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, but it, I mean anything, uh, race, whatever it is, people. So if you understand what people think about you, then you can navigate better, and you can be stronger. Not that it matters. It's just that you know. Exactly. Okay. Yep. All right. I can accept that because I don't care what people think. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Yeah. So so with me, when I went through my divorce, one of my uh, ways to heal or one of my intentionalities or what do you call um, one of my um, healing things was to have the attitude that people were basically stupid in order for me to heal. And that was wrong of me to just to do that, but it helped me heal because it kept my, it kept my social circle small. And with me, when, when my social circle was small, I was able to heal quicker and, and better and deeply, I guess. But, but eventually I had to let that go, but it was a, it was a um, healing process for me in order to, to get to my new reality. So do you still think people are stupid? <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> I do not inherently think that people are no. stupid. So so what it was That's not was, what I mean. It was it yeah. was more that people were basically stupid un, un, until proven otherwise. Like if I talk to you, I'm gonna talk to you here because I don't know if you're here or not. So I start here and then work my way up. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a bad, it was a bad thing to do. It worked for me. That was my uh, way of healing. Yeah. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I identified with them down here. And then when the conversation went, then it went up, up and up and up. But I always started down here. Like, can you spell? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a driver's license? <laughs> Why do you think you did that? Oh. I can't think of the word. It it just escapes me. It it was a way. It it was a way to section myself off from everybody else and just keep my small group of friends. When it, when it, when it, when other people tried to get in, the walls were up. You know, when you're busy trying to heal, it's tough at, at all the other stuff on the outside. For for me, because I almost want to think about because we were talking that divorce is failure. Mm-hmm. So when it's failure. You want to be, you don't want that to, you don't want to be a failure. And you're going to prove that to everybody that it's not a failure. So therefore you tell everybody, or you think people are stupid because you want to be better. I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> you, give, you give me way too, too much credit than you should. <laughs> wow. That was, that was too many parts. No, people are dumb because I thought they were dumb. But yeah, but I think I still think, don't hold on to that. I think we do. I think we always. I think people are just a little dumb now, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just do what works for us. Yeah, like what that works for you. You know, something else might work for me, and you know, some people take to alcohol, drugs. Some yeah. people faith. Some people think people are stupid. We just we do. And what, there's also a whole phase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was a quick, yeah, yeah, the whole face, yes. The whole face. The whole face, don't want, hey, don't want a whole face doing COVID, though. No. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, Not need, without a mask. Yeah, you need to, <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> gotcha. The identity for me is, I think many people just think about 
ourselves. Like we try to survive. Yeah. And Survival mode. That's what mm -hmm. I was trying to remind yeah. okay. yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we all we all do that. Yeah. I was talking with this lady last night. She is a narcissist expert. Okay. And we talked about narcissism and she's gonna be on the podcast soon. And um um I think when you're dating or married to a narcissist, you lose your identity more so than if you were just married to a normal person. Because they I mean, they take your identity, basically. They yeah. steal your identity and say, hey, you belong to me. You do what I say. You're nothing. And the conversation was unbelievable. I, I just sat there, just listened to this conversation. I was like, wow. But you let them. Yeah. I mean, good or bad, right or wrong, yeah. you let them. But it's a slow process, man. They're smart. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pay attention, it doesn't matter if you let them or not. Mm -hmm. They just do it over time, and you just get hammered, boom, 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 And they just change. Yeah, Ch changes you. Your identity changes from your identity to their identity. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get out of that after the divorce? I'm going to have her on the podcast, and I'll forward it to you. Because <laughs> right, right now I don't yeah, know, yeah, 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 but yeah. it was a very good conversation last that night. That should be very and, interesting. And I'll and I'm going to have her website on the um on our website cuz I mean her her website was awesome and it was all narcissistic things, you know, narcissistic dating, how to tell a narcissistic when you when you meet him online, the key things to look for. Um uh one of the things she talked about which was very interesting was um I forgot what it was called, but uh when you date a narcissist, they just It's like whirlwind. They agree with you with everything. They like what you like. You're perfect. Everything's great. Like it's almost too good. You know, there's no pushback. It's too good. And and then once they got you, it's like boom. I, I got you. So it's it's a very interesting and and one thing she said that people that date that date narcissists, they, they kinda gravitate to them again because that's their MO. So it's sometimes it's hard to get out. So she has a big following, but I'll, I'll I'll send it to you. But yeah, that's that's a way of stealing someone's identity. Yeah. So, but I think um, if you're married to an alcoholic, for example, like I have, I, they're red flags for me mm -hmm. when I when I don't I don't uh, I don't get close to people who who drink a lot, and I pick up on it like that. Quick. Oh, yeah. You would think you would think the same thing would happen. When you have lived with a narcissist, that you pick up on it, and you have red flag, or maybe that's more mental, because you, you can see yeah. when people are drinking. But sometimes you're single, but you want to be with somebody so bad you look past that. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't you don't see that. You know, say, well, they don't drink that much. Well, they drink on occasion. Well, they're not drunk mm -hmm. that much. So you can talk you can talk yourself out of anything. Yeah. 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 I've been there because there was a couple of times I dated uh, women who were just like my ex. Like I gravitate to them like like hot butter. It's like, God, what am I doing? But you learn. Yeah. Sometimes a hard way. <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm talking yeah. about. You yeah. have to, you know, you have to challenge yourself. And then every time you make that mistake, hopefully you're. Oh, yeah. Hope, you know, uh, us as humans that, that we learn, but sometimes we do and don't. Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's almost like a crapshoot. Yeah. So closing out identity, Marianne. Mm -hmm. Yes. Closing words. Yep. Closing words. What do you got? I think um, again, just just working hard on figuring out who you are and thinking about, you know, why you do things the way you do, why you think 
the way you do and kind of, I mean, analyze it a little bit. So, so the key word there is you, not you and him or you and her. It's you. Yes, because yeah. if you don't know who you are and why you do the certain the things that you do, why you think the way you do, then it's hard to go in go into a relationship with another person. Yep. Because then you're just one of the big things with that. Uh, what you just said is you got to be done. You got to know you be done. You know you have to be completely done with done. that person because if you don't, you can't figure out who you are because because you still are holding on to the possibility of hope. Yeah. Because you can't figure out who you are if you're still worrying about them. You're not, you know, if you're worrying about who they're dating, if you're worried about um, how they are, you know, it's wish them well, but you got to be done. Yeah. I, I care a lot about my ex-husband and I care about him. I deeply, I, I want him to be well. I want him to be happy. I want him to, and what I realized, the reason I do that is that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. I care deeply about people. I am I'm loyal. You're, you're a rarity. And so I have to, I, if I yep. realize that about myself, then I have to. But you were done though, correct? You were done. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, I, I still love him. I still care about him. And that's just what I'm going to do. Those two types of things, you know, you yeah. can be done and still care about him. But you got to yeah. be done in order to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. That took me a long time. Did it? Even after you left, yes. Wow. Yeah, I was. He's done. a good man. He's a very nice man. He's super nice. I was done. Yeah. Kaput. I'll be the same. Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. I just I have also also learned like, I mean obviously I mean when we come into a marriage from the beginning you come with your baggage she comes with her baggage and then we we're gonna put that together and that baggage is just in you. And, and I never realized that while married. And you don't plan on getting divorced. You know, no one no. goes to a marriage plan on getting divorced, no. but but sometimes it happens. And when it happens, yeah, and then you just have to think, okay, this is where I come from, and that's why I did the things I did, and that's where he come, came from, and that's why he did the things he did here and now. He worked in the military, and whatever happened there, and, you know, I didn't know. I, I just have come to understand that I didn't know how to deal with, with that situation. So last question, which kind of, comes out that situation do you have to realize their identity naturally uh, i have to know who they are yeah. I, I mean when you're done though yeah okay all right yes i have to kind of and, have and to respect for- who they are and all forgive that stuff. forgive oh. forgive again <laughs> and and think like okay maybe he did those things because he didn't know any better maybe he he did the best that he possibly could Maybe maybe that person did the best that they possibly knew how. So maybe we need to tell Rachel that forgiveness is tied to identity. Wow. Mic drop. <laughs> Rachel, you're in trouble. <laughs> All right, folks. We want to thank Marianne for coming today and uh, doing two podcasts while she was here. But uh, you guys have a nice night. Take care. Bye-bye.